Section three of the Rape of Lucrece. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. The Rape of Lucrece by William Shakespeare. Section three. As corn or grown by weeds, so heedful fear is almost choked by unresisted lust away he steals with opening listening ear full of foul hope and full of fond mistrust both which as servitors to the unjust so cross him with their opposite persuasion that now he vows a league and now invasion within his thought her heavenly image sits and in the self-same seat sits collatine that eye which looks on her confounds his wits that eye which him beholds as more divine unto a view so false will not incline but with a pure appeal seeks to the heart which once corrupted takes the worser part and therein heartens up his servile powers who flattered by their leader's jocund show stuff up his lust as minutes fill up hours and as their captain so their pride doth grow paying more slavish tribute than they owe by reprobate desire thus madly led the roman lord marcheth to lucrece bed the locks between her chamber and his will each one by him enforced retires his ward but as they open they all rate his ill which drives the creeping thief to some regard the threshold grates the door to have him heard night-wandering weasels shriek to see him there they fright him yet he still pursues his fear as each unwilling portal yields him way through little vents and crannies of the place the wind wars with his torch to make him stay and blows the smoke of it into his face extinguishing his conduct in this case but his hot heart which fond desire doth scorch puffs forth another wind that fires the torch and being lighted by the light he spies lucretia's glove wherein her needle sticks he takes it from the rushes where it lies and gripping it the kneeled his finger pricks as who should say this glove to wanton tricks is not inured return again in haste thou seest our mistress ornaments are chaste but all these poor forbiddings could not stay him 
he in the worst sense construes their denial the doors the wind the glove that did delay him he takes for accidental things of trial or as those bars which stop the hourly dial who with a lingering stay his course doth let till every minute pays the hour his debt so so quoth he these lets attend the time like little frosts that sometimes threat the spring to add a more rejoicing to the prime and give the sneaped birds more cause to sing pain pays the income of each precious thing huge rocks high winds strong pirates shelves and sands the merchant fears ere rich at home he lands now he is come unto the chamber door that shuts him from the heaven of his thought with a yielding latch and with no more hath barred him from the blessed thing he sought so from himself impiety hath wrought that for his prey to pray he doth begin as if the heavens should countenance his sin but in the midst of his unfruitful prayer having solicited the eternal power that his foul thoughts might compass his fair fair and they would stand auspicious to the hour even there he starts quoth he i must deflower the powers to whom i pray abhor this fact how can they then assist me in the act then love and fortune be my gods my guide my will is backed with resolution thoughts are but dreams till their effects be tried the blackest sin is cleared with absolution against love's fire fierce frost hath dissolution the eye of heaven is out and misty night covers the shame that follows sweet delight this said his guilty hand plucked up the latch and with his knee the door he opens wide the dove sleeps fast that this night owl will catch thus treason works ere traitors be espied who sees the lurking serpent steps aside but she sound sleeping fearing no such thing lies at the mercy of his mortal sting into the chamber wickedly he stalks and gazeth on her yet unstained bed the curtains being close about he walks rolling his greedy eyeballs in his head by their high treason is his heart misled 
which gives the watchword to his hand full soon to draw the cloud that hides the silver moon look as the fair and fiery pointed sun rushing from forth a cloud bereaves our sight even so the curtain drawn his eyes begun to wink being blinded with a greater light whether it is that she reflects so bright that dazzleth them or else some shame supposed but blind they are and keep themselves enclosed oh had they in that darksome prison died then had they seen the period of their ill then collatine again by lucre's side in his clear bed might have reposed still but they must ope this blessed league to kill and holy thoughted lucrece to their sight must sell her joy her life her world's delight her lily hand her rosy cheek lies under cousining the pillow of a lawful kiss who therefore angry seems to part in sunder swelling on either side to want his bliss between whose hills her head entombed is where like a virtuous monument she lies to be admired of lewd unhallowed eyes without her bed her other fair hand was on the green coverlet whose perfect white showed like an april daisy on the grass with pearly sweat resembling dew of night her eyes like marigolds had sheathed their light and canopied in darkness sweetly lay till they might open to adorn the day her hair like golden threads played with her breath o oh, modest wantons wanton modesty showing life's triumph in the map of death and death's dim look in life's mortality each in her sleep themselves so beautify as if between them twain there were no strife but that life lived in death and death in life her breasts like ivory globes circled with blue a pair of maiden worlds unconquered save of their lord no bearing yoke they knew and him by oath they truly honoured these worlds in tarquin new ambition bred who like a foul usurper went about from this fair throne to heave the owner out what could he see but mightily he noted what did he note but strongly he desired what he beheld on that he firmly doted and in his will his wilful eye he tired 
with more than admiration he admired her azure veins her alabaster skin her coral lips her snow-white dimpled chin as the grim lion fawneth o'er his prey sharp hunger by the conquest satisfied so o'er this sleeping soul doth tarquin stay his rage of lust by grazing qualified slacked not suppressed for standing by her side his eye which late this mutiny restrains unto a greater uproar tempts his veins and they like straggling slaves for pillage fighting obdurate vassals fell exploits effecting in bloody death and ravishment delighting nor children's tears nor mother's groans respecting swell in their pride the onset still expecting anon his beating heart alarum striking gives the hot charge and bids them do their liking his drumming heart cheers up his burning eye his eye commends the leading to his hand his hand as proud of such a dignity smoking with pride marched on to make his stand on her bare breast the heart of all her land whose ranks of blue veins as his hand did scale left their round turrets destitute and pale they mustering to the quiet cabinet where their dear governess and lady lies do tell her she is dreadfully beset and fright her with confusion of their cries she much amazed breaks ope her locked-up eyes who peeping forth this tumult to behold are by his flaming torch dimmed and controlled imagine her as one in dead of night from forth dull sleep by dreadful fancy waking that thinks she hath beheld some ghastly sprite whose grim aspect sets every joint a-shaking what terror tis but she in worser taking from sleep disturbed heedfully doth view the sight which makes supposed terror true wrapped and confounded in a thousand fears like to a new-killed bird she trembling lies she dares not look yet winking there appears quick-shifting antics ugly in her eyes such shadows are the weak brains forgeries who angry that the eyes fly from their lights in darkness daunts them with more dreadful sights his hand that yet remains upon her breast rude ram to batter such an ivory wall may feel her heart poor citizen 
distressed wounding itself to death rise up and fall beating her bulk that his hand shakes withal this moves in him more rage and lesser pity to make the breach and enter this sweet city first like a trumpet doth his tongue begin to sound a parley to his heartless foe who o'er the white sheet peers her whiter chin the reason of this rash alarm to know which he by dumb demeanour seeks to show but she with vehement prayers urgeth still under what colour he commits this ill thus he replies the colour in thy face that even for anger makes the lily pale and the red rose blush at her own disgrace shall plead for me and tell my loving tale under that colour am i come to scale thy never conquered fort the fault is thine for those thine eyes betray thee unto mine thus i forestall thee if thou mean to chide thy beauty hath ensnared thee to this night where thou with patience must my will abide my will that marks thee for my earth's delight which i to conquer sought with all my might but as reproof and reason beat it dead by thy bright beauty was it newly bred i see what crosses my attempt will bring i know what thorns the growing rose defends i think the honey guarded with a sting all this beforehand counsel comprehends but will is deaf and hears no heedful friends only he hath an eye to gaze on beauty and dotes on what he looks gainst law or duty i have debated even in my soul what wrong what shame what sorrow i shall breed but nothing can affection's course control or stop the headlong fury of his speed i know repentant tears ensue the deed reproach disdain and deadly enmity yet strike i to embrace mine infamy this said he shakes aloft his roman blade which like a falcon towering in the skies coucheth the fowl below with his wings shade whose crooked beak threats if he mount he dies so under his insulting falchion lies harmless lucretia marking what he tells with trembling fear as foul hear falcon's bells end of section three 
Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.